This is episode 134 of The Anxious Truth. Dudes and dudettes, welcome back. Thanks for coming down. Welcome to the show. Appreciate you spending your time with me as always. Today we are going to, this episode, what did I say, 134. Today we're going to talk about stages of recovery. This came up as a question on my Instagram account a couple of weeks ago. Uh, And yeah, there really are stages of recovery. Uh, And I want to kind of walk through them and see if they are kind of useful for you and if they resonate with you in any way. Before we do, I'm going to do a quick thing. You know what I'm going to do. You know what I'm going to do. I should just pre-record this at this point. I don't know why I don't. Anyway, the book is called The Anxious Truth, A Step-by-Step Guide to Understanding and Overcoming Panic, Anxiety, and Agoraphobia. It is everything you've ever heard me say on this podcast, on social media, wherever, just in much greater detail and laid out in logical sequence, 70,000 words, 400 printed pages, like taking a course on how to recover from your anxiety disorder. So if you're looking for help beyond just the podcast and the social media stuff, go to theanxioustruth.com slash recovery guide and check it out. And if you already have the book, thank number one, thank you very much. And number two, if you're digging it, it's helping you, you liked it. Go over to Amazon and write me a review, because if you liked it, it helps other people who might benefit from the book find the book. So thank you guys very much. I appreciate it. And thanks once again for putting up with my little plug for my book there. Anyway, let's talk about the stages of recovery. Someone asked me, are there stages in recovery? And you know what? As it turns out, when you do this for as long as I have and talk to as many people as I have uh, about their anxiety issues over many, many years, you start to see patterns. And yes, I do believe that there are literally stages of recovery from an anxiety disorder, from most of the disorders that, I, that I'm talking about. And I always kind of, you know, um, I'm always kind of itemizing them, but you guys know them all by now. But, you know, panic disorder, agoraphobia, OCD, health anxiety, social anxiety, that sort of stuff. Yes, there are, in fact, what I see as relatively clear stages of recovery. And let's go through them. It's not going to be a super long episode. I'm going to treat, kind of, kind of treat that, keep these around 15 minutes or so uh, going forward because it's just a lot easier for you guys to listen if I keep them shorter. Um, so I'm going to do my best. So let's go through them. I see six stages of recovery, generally speaking. Yeah, the lines are a little blurry sometimes. It's, this is an exact science, but it, it's a good framework because this is what I have observed over many, many years of doing what it is that I do, that you're listening to right now, as a matter of fact. So these stages of recovery are specific to the message that I'm putting out there, the go toward your fear, the, you know, kind of the do the opposite thing. You must experience anxiety without fighting it. You have to surrender to it. You have to let the worst happen and learn that it doesn't. You've heard me do all, all talk about all those things. This is not an approach that everybody embraces at all. In fact, if you've been in the camp where you are trying everything but that, you're just trying to always make yourself feel better, soothe your fear, get reassurance, escape from it, you know, be comfortable, this seems completely foreign. So that leads me to step one, stage one of recovery. In terms of the community surrounding my podcast and my books and the things that I talk about, stage one of recovery is no way is that going to work. So stage, I literally wrote that, like stage one is no way that'll work, no way. And that, and many of you listening might be in that stage right now. We've well, just found the podcast, you're hearing me say what sounds like crazy stuff to you, like, what do you mean I have to allow myself to panic? That's crazy. It's normal for stage one for many, many people to be like, yeah, no way, you clearly have no idea what you're talking about, that can't possibly work, you should shut up. Like, I've literally had people say that to me, you know what you're talking about, you've clearly never had a panic attack. They don't know my story. They don't know me at all. And the first logical step for a lot of people, the first logical stage is, yeah, there is no way that that's going to work. 
You might be in stage one right now, the no way this will work thing. But you're here and you're listening. I'll take it. And I appreciate you hanging in there with me. So let's see if we can get you on to stage two. So stage two of recovery that I generally observe is what I call maybe, but my anxiety is different. That's stage two. That would be like if stage two was a book, that would be the title of the book. Maybe, but my anxiety is different. This is the stage where, okay, I'm willing to listen to this. I'm willing to maybe entertain the idea that I actually have to do this super hard, scary stuff of going toward my fear and allowing it all to happen. But my anxiety, but my anxiety is so different. It's so special. It's so severe. It feels so scary. It's with me all the time. These are the things that I hear over and over and over from people that are in kind of what I call stage two. Like, okay, I kind of get what you're saying, Drew, but my anxiety is so bad. Like, I'm clearly worse than everybody else you've ever dealt with, or you maybe don't deal with people who have it as bad as me or have had it for as long as me. So there's the idea that I'm willing to entertain this recovery strategy, but my anxiety is so severe, it's so special, it's so different, because everything feels so scary to me and overwhelming to me that I, don't, I still don't think it's going to work. So I hear what you're saying, but, but I'm special. This can't possibly work for me. That's stage two. Like stage two of recovery would be entitled maybe, but my anxiety is different. Then we move on to stage three. Stage three is the person who is actually starting to see it. And they're like, oh, because maybe you've heard me say, for all I know, I've said directly to you personally, if you're listening right now, I could have responded to you on Instagram or on Facebook or wherever and said, and you've heard me say, even in blanket statements, you're not special. Your anxiety is not special, different, unique, worse. Like there's nothing special or unique about your anxiety disorder. They're all the same. Like you heard me say that, maybe I've said it directly to you and you're beginning to see like, especially if you're actively engaged in the community surrounding the podcast, this is a lot of people. I mean, it's 5,000 people in the Facebook group now. That's not a small amount of people. And you see people every day doing this stuff, and, and they're making progress. So you start to say, like, all right, well, I guess there is something to this. And maybe my anxiety isn't special. And, like, this dude is calling me out and telling me that I'm wrong. Maybe I should listen. Cool. That's the first, like, start to move in the new direction thing, right? I'm going to start to move in this direction you're talking about, man. Like, I'm going to trust you here. I hope this is okay. I'm going to start doing it. But... There's questioning at every turn, every single turn. I woke up and I put on blue pants. Is blue, are blue pants okay for, for recovery? You know, this morning I had two eggs instead of three. Should I have the three eggs? I don't want to make any mistakes here. I want to make sure I'm getting this absolutely right. Uh, I, you know, after I ate dinner, I started thinking about my cat. Am I supposed to think about my cat? So it, we hear questions like that all the time. Those are stage three questions. Those are the questions that say like, all right, I'm, I'm buying into it now. Like, I think this could work. And okay, I sort of get it. It's a bitter pill to swallow. But I, all right, I'm not special. This can work for me too. But I'm, I have no confidence. I have no experience with this. And so I'm going to question every thought I have, every action I do. Am I doing it right? Am I doing it right? Am I doing it right now? And, and for people who are in stage three, who are starting to move in that direction, but they have no confidence and they have no experience right? Executing this plan. And this is okay. By the way, being in stage three is perfectly normal. Like there's a reason why I see six stages because I see thousands of people go through them exactly like this. So it's okay to be there. Like if you're there right now, totally cool. I'm not, I'm not picking on you. Like this is normal. You're going to go through this. In stage three, everything that you do, you question. 
So you question whether you're understanding correctly. Am I hearing you right? Did I really read? On page 62 of your book, on page 300 of your book, you said this. Questions, 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 not only about the subject matter, which is understandable because it's all new to you, but also about every single action that you take or thought that you have. And and every time you feel something you don't want to feel, people in stage three will immediately say, did I make a mistake? I, I See, I'm a failure. That's not it's not working for me. See, it's not where I knew it wasn't going to work. I did it wrong. What the, I screwed something up. So there's just that tenuous like, yeah, I get it. I'm going to start to do this stuff. But it's super fragile. I almost started, that was like a, what was it, Mary Poppins thing? Super califragilistic thing? Anyway, but it's sort of a super fragile state to be in where you want it to work and you want to start doing stuff, but you're, you're really not confident. You don't have any experience under your belt. It's all new to you. So you're going to question everything. And every single time that you, that you feel anxiety or panic, you feel a thing that you hate, that you're afraid of, that you're trying to banish, you're going to say, ah, oh, see, it doesn't work. I'm failing. I'm not doing it right. I must have it wrong. That's stage three. You're starting to see it but you're, you're questioning it every turn. Now, the natural progression for people who hang in there, they keep going. They come into the Facebook group. They, they get answers. They ask questions. They, they look for inspiration. They follow the lead of other people who are ahead of them in the game. They start to gain momentum. Then you get into stage four, where you're not questioning every last thing. You're not questioning everything you do. You're not questioning everything you feel. Like, you're still not digging it. You're not happy if you have anxiety. You're not happy if you kind of get stuck in your thoughts for a couple hours or a day or two here and there. Not happy. Not happy at all. But you have more experience because you've been working a little bit longer. You're starting to build some confidence that this actually does work and can work. You're starting to see improvements here and there. But the biggest hallmark, I think, of stage four is progress. So not just the activities are fragile and tenuous, but your progress is a little bit tenuous and fragile. And People who are in stage four are gaining momentum. They're making progress. Sometimes it's faster, sometimes it's slower, but they're making progress, but they are terrified of, here's the magic word, and you've heard, if you're in the groups, if you're in the community, you know you've heard this, setbacks. People that are in stage four are terrified and always on guard against setbacks. So they're not questioning the day-to-day nuts and bolts, the minute-by-minute. They're not worried about that anymore like the stage three people. The stage four people are more confident and they're working it, but they're always on guard for like, oh, I was doing so good. I had no panic attacks for two weeks and I just had a panic attack. It's a setback. I'm back to square one. Like their progress feels very tenuous to them. That's stage four. And that's also normal. So if you're a stage four person right now where you're doing the work, you're starting, oh my God, I'm doing things that I haven't done in a long time. This is, I think this is going to work. Like I feel like I'm getting better. I can see improvement oh, no, I had a giant setback. I'm back to square one. It's all over. I can't ever get better. Like, that's that's super normal. You're going to go through that. And people who go through stage four have that happen multiple times. So you you learn the setbacks. Or I, I don't think there's such a thing as setback. We'll talk about that in another podcast episode, if I haven't already. I don't even remember. But setbacks are learning experiences. So when we have those negative experiences where we feel we have failed, If we start to, this is, in that case, then you have the community will say, no, 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 that's not a setback. You did this, 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 and this. You can learn this from this. Or you can go back to the book and read the things that I've written about setback or go back to old podcasts and hear what I've talked about. You you can see it more. I was like, oh, all right. You'll take the initial hit like, ooh, I feel terrible. I feel like a failure today. But that doesn't last super long. And then you could start to sort of get up and dust yourself off and say, all right, what can I learn about this? What did I do wrong? Let me check it out. 
And you start to understand like, oh, maybe I learned something and what I thought was a setback really wasn't. So the person in stage four is leaving stage four when, and this is something we see all the time in my Facebook group, especially. And if you're not in the group, by the way, just go to the anxious truth.com slash links. There's a link to the Facebook group there. I ain't a Facebook fan. A lot of people aren't Facebook fans, but if you are on Facebook, join the group. Like it's super helpful. It's I'm so proud of that group of people who are just always encouraging and teaching and inspiring each other. But in the Facebook group, you see somebody who is getting to the end of stage four, almost a stage five person, almost when they say, I, you know, I had a huge setback. I'm back to square one. Clearly this isn't working for me. And then like four or five days later, they come back and they follow that up with a post that says, Hey, if you think you're in a setback, you're wrong. Cause I thought I was. And as it turns out, I wasn't. That is a magical moment. That that is the starting to be the end of stage four, heading to stage five, where you start to learn that, like, okay, this thing that I thought would never work for me is true. What Drew says is true, and what's in the books and Claire Weeks and all the stuff that this is based on, it's true. I'm not different and special. This can work for me too. I've learned all the beginner's lessons that I used to question every minute by minute if I'm doing it right. And I thought a setback was a setback, and it's not. Like I actually learned something and look, I'm still propelling myself ahead. That is where you are now on the downside of the mountain and and your recovery is pretty much unstoppable at that point. Then you get to stage five. The stage five person is pretty much done with it all. Like somebody that's in stage five is, you know, starting to get to the point where they will describe themselves as 75, 80%, 90% recovered. When somebody starts to use those kind of numbers, like I'm 85% recovered, they're in stage five. They're not afraid of setback anymore. They're not afraid that they did it wrong. They're, they know that they can get better because they feel like they are better. Maybe not 100%. There's still work to do. I mean, hell, I mean, we're always on a journey all through life, right? So there's always things to improve in our lives. These are people who have learned the lessons. They, are, they have seen the improvement they're living most of their life again. There are still challenges. Maybe some of those long-term goals on the, on the goals list and the fear ladder are still out there to work on, but they know they're going to do it. So a stage five person is kind of done with the questioning, done with the defeatism, done with the, you know, the no confidence. The stage five person has been working it. They know that they're getting better. They feel like they almost are better. They have no doubt that they're going to get the rest of the way. They do not fear setback anymore. They may experience it, but they don't fear it, and they're not on guard for it anymore. They're done with it all, and they're going to call themselves 75 to 90, 95% recovered. Those are the people who have spent the time. How did they get there? They, they were willing to, you know, to say, well, maybe this will work for me. This guy might not be crazy, or this book, Claire, Dr. Claire Weeks, wasn't crazy. The cognitive behavioral therapists, they're not crazy. Like, I didn't invent any of this, and I'll say it again and again and again and again. I didn't invent any of this. I just seem to have an act for describing it, but I didn't invent any of this. So how does somebody get to stage five? They start to think like, I don't know, maybe that guy actually knows what he's talking about. Maybe the CBT people know what they're talking about. CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, not CBD. It's not what we're talking about oil here. Maybe the psychologists know what they're talking about. Maybe DBT, maybe ACT, maybe these things work. Maybe I'm not special. Maybe I can get better. Maybe I'm not worse than everybody else. Maybe I don't have to question everything. It looks like I'm, I'm going to do it right. They go through all those stages. That takes time. They are consistent. They are tenacious. They refuse to stop. That's how somebody gets to stage five. And for a lot of people, stage five is the end. 
They just keep going. They're 75, 85, 90, 95% recovered. And for some people, that's the end of the journey. They kind of get to that 99, 100% recovered thing, which by the way, let me just say that if you get there, you might still be anxious from time to time. And you've heard me say this. So stage five does not mean anxiety free. Like if you think that recovery means that you never feel anxiety ever again, you are wrong. Like part of being a human being is that sometimes we get afraid Sometimes we are unsure. Sometimes we don't know what's coming next. Sometimes we are anxious about things. That is normal. The stage five person may still experience anxiety sometimes. They just don't care because it's normal human anxiety. There are 7 billion people on the planet right now. I guarantee you that at least three quarters of a billion of us right now, whenever you're listening, are experiencing some form of discomfort, anxiety, fear, uncertainty. Just the vast majority of those 750 million people are not afraid of that. The disorder is being afraid of being anxious. And so the stage five people who reach recovery did all the work, and they, they're not afraid of their own bodies and minds anymore. They're not afraid of being anxious. And they could experience that like, like normal, healthy human beings do. That's recovery. That's stage five. There's a six. Now, if you're listening, not everybody gets to stage six, and not everybody is required to get to stage six. Stage six doesn't make it any, you know, you're just, if you're a stage five person and you're finished with the journey, you're as recovered as the stage six person is. So, but stage six is, teaches the lessons to others. And some people, whatever, for whatever reason, they're just wired that way. Maybe it's what they've done their whole life. Maybe they're just natural teachers or helpers. Or maybe the experience of going through the recovery process has has made them feel like they want to do that. But stage six, and to me, to be honest with you, again, stage five, stage six, all the same recovery. Like if you make it to either of those two, you win. You know, so there's no stage six isn't any better than stage five. But for me, one of the most personally gratifying things to do is to see people who go from stage one, no way is this going to work, Drew, to down the road actually teaching the same lessons and paying it forward. So that's stage six. Stage six is you become the teacher and you shine a light for somebody who used to be where you were. And in many ways, everybody who's participating in the social media community surrounding this podcast and surrounding my books is teaching in some way. Like you're all doing it. Even when you share your bad days, you are shining a light for somebody who's three days behind you or three hours behind you or three minutes behind you. So everybody's teaching in some way. Some people finish the journey and then stay to teach others. That's stage six. So those are the six stages of recovery. There are six stages of recovery from what I see. And I've dealt with many, 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 many people over the years now doing this that the patterns become super recognizable. And I think when you ask like the admin group in my Facebook group, which is, by the way, I love them to death. And if any of you guys are listening, I love you all to death. I could not do what I do without them. I just got a message from one of them right now. But uh, anyway, if you ask the admins, they'd probably agree. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the more people we see, the more you see, though. Yeah, this is exactly how it works. And in a way, the Facebook group operating the way it does and being so supportive is because of these stages. We know this is a new person, so they're going to do this. This person is starting to gain. They're in stage two now, so they're going to do this. It's super predictable. So like if you're struggling because you think it's stage one, stage two, stage three, feel things feel really fragile, you're really unsure, it's okay. Like... It's really okay. You and a zillion other people have gone down that road. So it's really okay. And those are the six stages of recovery. Hopefully, 
that helps. Maybe you can identify with those. Um, maybe it gives you a bit of a roadmap. This is what's coming for you down the road. This is where you are now. It's super explainable, like you're in the same boat that a zillion people are, so you're not alone or unique or special or worse. And there's hope. Like if you're at stage two, guess what? There's a stage five and you'll get there. So like, you know, don't tell anybody. It's a big secret. But so that's why I wanted to talk about the stages of recovery. It's a good topic. I think it's a little bit enlightening. It might be, if nothing more, it's educational and hopefully inspiring because you see what what will lie ahead of you. This is the road that you will likely go down. If you're reading my books, if you're listening to the podcast, if you're following the Claire Week stuff, if you're following other social media people like uh, Josh Flesher or Kim Quinlan or, or any of those, that crew, this is this, these are the progressions you're going to go through. So you can do it. You can get there. You can go from stage one to stage six. One day you might be a teacher too. One day you might be sitting like, you know, in a soundproof room, like with a microphone in your face. Who knows? It's possible. It could happen, right? Anyway, um, thanks for coming by, guys. This was episode 134. Hopefully you have uh, enjoyed it. I have enjoyed talking about it. Hopefully you've enjoyed listening to me talk about it. I will play you out as usual with Afterglow by my friend Ben Drake. You can find Ben at facebook.com slash Ben Drake Music. Thank you, Ben, for allowing me to use the song at the beginning of the end of the podcast. And one more thing, if you're listening on iTunes or any platform that allows you to rate or review a podcast, leave a rating. Five stars would be nice. And maybe write a review if you got two minutes. Because if you like the podcast, when you rate and review it, it helps other people find the podcast. And that's why I do this. So thanks for coming by, guys. I'll see you again next week. Have a good one. It's in the afterglow. It's in the lyrics of the songs we know. Feelings that you never show Yeah, you're doing fine It's all around you, you can breathe it in And this is where your story begins You got the feeling that you're gonna win